0: Good Sunday morning to each and every one of you. Um, welcome to our Cross of Christ Community Church live stream. Of course, we would much rather be in person, um, ministering, but uh, unfortunately, the circumstances uh, see otherwise. Uh, with COVID-19 happening all throughout the world, I just want to say to you that I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you're staying inside. Um, don't get out. Don't try to get this mess. Um, Stay healthy and stay inside. That's the best thing you can do. Well, are you ready to worship the Lord this morning? Because I really have a special, special treat. Um, Over the weekend, I was able to gather some audio of uh, a couple of our ladies, Mahala and Laura, and also Jennifer and Brooks. Um, They were able to record at the piano and sing some worship music. So I'm very pleased that we're going to have that before um, our service this morning, our message this morning. So I hope that you're in a place and you have your hearts prepared and ready for worship this morning. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Even though it was audio and not video, it should have been a great blessing to your heart. Um, Of course, again, we would rather be here in person. We would rather be around each other, but circumstances are just a little bit different right now at this time. So it's best uh, if we err on the side of caution and continue to have our services the way we are. Um, So, with that being said, everything has been canceled until further notice uh, because we want you guys, to stay healthy, remain healthy, and not get out in this mess. Um, you are priority here. It's the people above the program. We love each and every one of you guys. So please stay in and stay healthy. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to go ahead, and I hope you do. I want you to go ahead and turn over to Matthew twenty-seven. I will be there shortly, verse forty-five and forty-six. We're going to continue in on this series. Um, going through different people's eyes um, until we get to Easter. Easter is next Sunday. Of course, this is um, a mini-series for Easter, but last week, is uh, if you remember, we talked about um, well, he's, he's a guy that's not really mentioned a lot in the Bible, Barabbas. But we talked about Easter, you know, through his eyes. And the word, even though it doesn't mention him a lot, it had a lot to say about that very time, you see, because it's custom at the Passover that they allow one prisoner to be set free and so here's Pilate he comes out and he has Barabbas on one hand which is just an evil man who's guilty of all kinds of murder and on the other hand he has Jesus who is the Messiah never committed a sin in his life he offers up these two people and who do the crowd who does the crowd uh, suggest that he release Barabbas you know in reading that story our hearts are, are filled with anger because we just can't understand why the crowd would want Barabbas over Jesus. And then we see through that, that number one, Jesus died in a criminal's place, even though he was sinless for each and every one of us. We ought to be thankful for that. And number two, Jesus was treated like Barabbas so that we could be treated like him. We ought to be grateful of that. The other thing is this, as angry and as mad that we get at the crowd about Barabbas, I want to show you a picture of who we are and who God is. You see, on the the same stage, you have us as Barabbas, Jesus as Jesus. And God says what? Crucify him. He sent his only son to a cross, a rugged cross. The very thing we talked about last week where he was scourged to death. He was mocked. His beard was plucked out. He was spit upon. All the torment that he went through. What he went through, most people usually die before crucifixion. Everything that he went through, he went through for me and you. But see, God, like the crowd, says, give me them. He set us free. He sent Jesus to the cross just like the crowd did. Why? So that we could be free. You see, we're no different than Barabbas. We're no different because the Bible says that if we have anger in our heart, then we are guilty of murder. You see, if we have looked upon a woman, then we're guilty of lust. You see, we're no different than Barabbas. No sin is greater than the other. Sin is sin. And it's that that separates us from God. And so I want to move on in this um, series, and I want to move on to this week, we want to look through the eyes of Jesus. You see, Matthew 27, 45, 46, I want us to look at what Jesus experienced just before he died. The Bible says, now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I want that to resonate with you this morning. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever felt forsaken? In your life, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a co-worker, Maybe it was a family member. But I'm sure everyone who is watching this morning has felt forsaken sometime or another. Have you ever felt like God has forsaken you? I know that seems to be like a, a bold question. But can we be honest this morning? Have we really ever felt like God has forsaken us? I know that I have. There were times in my young Christian journey when I felt like, He was nowhere to be found. My prayers were hitting the ceiling. and He was nowhere near me. I felt like I was all alone in the midst of all of that. I do remember that he was bringing me to the end of myself so that I could rest in the fullness of who he is. And that I appreciate. You see, Jesus even felt as God had forsaken him. I want you to think about this. What would it have been like to take on the sins of the world and take all of them upon your shoulders? We can only imagine, and there's really no way that we can fathom in our little uh, minds what it really what it really calls for Him to take all the sins of the world upon His shoulders. But we know that Jesus did this as He went upon the cross. He was crucified. He died remember they pierced him in his side they buried him in the ground it was as if hope had vanished you know the devil thought he had won <clears throat> here's the savior he's been crucified he's dead and he's buried in the tomb i want to share a story with you real quick now listen a lot of people a lot of you probably are you know this story um, some of you were around in this time and remember it very clearly. October the thirtieth, nineteen seventy four. It's the most famous boxing match ever in history. Again, some of you may remember this. It was all. It was later on called the Rumble in the Jungle. You see, over sixty thousand people showed up to watch George Foreman and Muhammad Ali fight. But see, at that time, George Foreman was um, he he was the heavyweight champion. Matter of fact, he had. 35 knockouts, and he was undefeated. Ali, which was just a young, challenging man entering the ring, trying to challenge the champ, he was only 32 years old, and everyone was thinking that Foreman was just going to annihilate Muhammad Ali. Everyone in the world was thinking this. The fight goes on. Ali spent most of his time covering his face. From tremendous blows. That foreman was throwing at him. Most of Ali's time. He was on the rope. And it appeared as if a knockout was coming. Anytime. Any second. But Ali's strategy all along. Was this. That if he could just withstand. All of his blunts and blows. That he would wear him out and he would exhaust him it was later on called the rope dope you see because he spent so much of his time on the rope he just kept he just, he just continued to let foreman just beat him and beat him and beat him as he blocked and blocked and blocked and foreman wore himself out and and it said in the eighth round it looked like there was going to be a knockout but see what happened was in the eighth round it was more like a bee harassing a bear that's what one of the Times reporters had actually reported. Ali peeled himself off the ropes, unleashed a flurry of quick punches that seemed to bewilder the exhausted foreman. Many of you are boxing fans. I know when Brother Joseph was here, we enjoyed to watch you, the, you know, um, together. And uh, so many of you are boxing fans, and so you understand this, uh, how, how exhausted foreman probably was. His legs were probably barely underneath him. But see... Here we are in the eighth round, thinking there's going to be a knockout. Ali comes out. He's taking the champs, beating pretty much. He's got a hard left, a chomping right. So Ali comes out with this flurry. And when he begins to hit Foreman back, his legs begin to buckle. And right there in that moment, Foreman plopped down on the mat. The referee counted him out with just two seconds to go in the round. Just when thought, everybody thought all hope was gone, Foreman had been defeated that night. Why do I share this story? Because here, in the same context, just when everyone thought all hope was gone and Jesus was done, everything changed. Matthew 28, 1 through 10, reads this. And they came up and took a hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. I know in this time, when we come into the church, we come into the house of the Lord, and we're in his presence. It's one thing. I mean, there's nothing in the world like the presence of Jesus Christ think about this, when it seems like all hope is gone, he's been crucified, he's been peaked, he's died, they buried him in a tomb, and now the, the, the ladies are going back and, 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 and to visit the tomb, and here it is, he's gone. That would be exciting in itself. But not only that, but they have ran and they have found him, and they're able to see him once again face to face. Now that ought to bless somebody's heart this morning. You know, just when all hope seemed to be vanished, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. This may have been completely shocking to everyone in the area, but it shouldn't have been. You see, because Jesus had already foretold them all this was going to happen. Matter of fact, Jesus himself predicted that he would not only resurrect, but that he would that it would be on the third day, which is exactly when it ended. Matthew seventeen, twenty-two and twenty-three says this. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. You see, they had to understand what he was saying at that time. Why? Because they were greatly distressed. They understood he was going to die. They understood he was going to be raised from the dead. But yet all hope was gone when he hung up on the cross and they threw him in a tomb. You see I'm telling I'm going to stop right here and just tell you something this morning because I want you to know that even though that coronavirus seems like it's taken over the world, you can stand upon the promises of God this morning. I don't care if it looks like all hope is gone. God will never leave you nor forsake you and he's always going to be a faithful God. He's always going to take care of his children. When it seems like all hope is gone, you put your trust back in the Lord this morning. Here's disciples who walked with Him. They walked hand in hand with Him. They saw Him in the flesh. Something we haven't yet done, haven't been able to do, but they saw Him in the flesh and they still thought, thought that all hope was gone. I want to encourage you this morning, Christian brother and sister, listen, let the coronavirus do what it's going to do, but know that God has His hand upon you and that He is going to keep you. Amen? I just want to say this morning that, that, that God is faithful, and He's always going to remain faithful. You see, the resurrection would have been foreign. It would have been a foreign concept to Jesus' hearers, but they already knew that He predicted His return, because remember, they were greatly distressed. You see, there's a lot of fascinating things to be said about, actually, to be said about Matthew 28, 1 through 10. One thing is this. The first two people to encounter Jesus was Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary. You may want to say, why, why is that important? But anyone who's ever read the Bible knows that women weren't regarded in the first century culture. That's why when you read the Bible, it looks like they only mention men majority of the time. If someone was trying to tell a fictitious story, they certainly wouldn't make it up that two women were the first to see him. You see, now I'm talking about the word of God. I'm not being a chauvinist this morning. Listen, God doesn't think of women less than men, and we shouldn't either. But the thing is, is he used two women to be the first to see Jesus. The only alternative is that the resurrection really did happen that's the only thing that can explain this but watch this because not only did Jesus appear to them but he went on and appeared again now watch this first corinthians 15 3-6 tells us this for I delivered to you as first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in, according, in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. But not only there. Listen. Verse 6 says, Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. I want you to think about it. Jesus appeared to over five hundred brothers. This isn't just one man's account. There were many that seen Him in that day. That's why we know that we have hope. You see, if there was no resurrection, there wouldn't be any hope. But we know that the resurrection is true. Therefore, we have hope in our Savior this morning. Amen. The cross representing death is a symbol of Christianity. But without the resurrection, there is no Christianity and there is no hope. You see, he had to be raised from the dead. If he stayed in the tomb, the crucifixion, wouldn't even, it wouldn't have mattered. He had to be raised. You see, we serve a God who is alive. He is alive and well, and he's sitting where? At the right hand of the Father. Listen, clarify. 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve through 19 says this. Now, if Christ is, com- is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Verse 15. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. Verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ... Been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then this this verse 18, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people the most to be pitied. i want to go back to verse 17 one more time. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. We're coming up on Easter, but I want you to see the importance of the resurrection. All of these things are very important. The death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. They're all very important because they all complete the one. But it's all about Jesus. Do you see the implication of the resurrection? If there's no resurrection, then all of our faith is what in vain. If there's no resurrection, our faith is futile, and we're still in our sins.
1: Huh.
0: And it's almost as if that it puts the nail in the coffin when it says, "If Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied." You see, Christians, I'm telling you that Christ is not just for hope in this life only. Christ is hope for eternity. That's why as Christians, we should not fear to die. Paul said, O death, where is thy sting? Where is thy victory? You see, as Christians, we have victory over these things. We may not have victory over the coronavirus, but we have victory over death. Amen? We may not have uh, a victory over cancer, AIDS, whatever it may be, but I can tell you right now that we have victory over Over death, no matter the disease, no matter the sickness, no matter what may come upon this body, it cannot kill me. Why? Because Christ has died. He has been raised again. And in that resurrection, I also celebrate because in that time, I will be raised as well. And so will you. Even in the rapture, we'll all be raised into our heavenly places, our glorified bodies. But we have hope in Christ. And we have victory over death. That's amazing this morning. Somebody ought to thank the Lord this morning. You see, everything rises and falls on the resurrection. Everything. No resurrection, no hope. No resurrection, no Christianity. As we know, and as we're excited, that's not where the story ends. Amen. You see, the resurrection not only happened, but it's the greatest news in all the world. Paul's next phrase in verse 20 is the foundation of Christianity when he says this, But in fact, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead. Let me tell you five things that, uh, that you could get these gifts from the resurrection real quick. I'm just going to share them with you before we close this morning. Number one, we're forgiven of all of our sins. Praise God. He came, he died upon a cross, he was buried, he was resurrected, that we may be forgiven of all of our sins. Past, present, and future sins. Number two, our faith is well founded. Oh, I'm so thankful that we have a God who will never leave us nor forsake us, and that he'll keep us even through the trying times. Number three, the apostles preach what is true. It's the good news. It's the great news. It's the best news. Christ has resurrected. Number four, we are to be envied. All people can be saved. All people. Christ died for everyone. The Holy Spirit is pressing upon your heart. Don't take it lightly. Christ died for you. Why? So that you can live for Him, not only here but live eternally. You see, life is going to last um, it's eternal. It's going to be eternal. You know, it's going to last eternity anyway. It's either going to be in the lake of fire and torment gnashing of teeth or it's going to be in heavenly places to where as saints we can come together as a choir and raise our voices and worship the Lord. I'm so thankful. Number five, those who have fallen asleep are alive. You see, anyone who has passed away, in your family, close friends, whatever it may be, if they knew Jesus, they are alive and well. Paul says that to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. No matter how long ago they passed away, they were present with the Lord if they knew Jesus. You see, and that's where we must find our own selves today. We have to know Jesus. He is the greatest thing in the world. And his death, burial, and resurrection is the greatest news in all the world. Now I want to share something with you as I close this morning. Everything that's going on in the world today. I'm I'm not taking the stand as a prophet or something like that. Please don't don't hear me in the wrong way. I want to call our Christians, our faithful Christians, to let us cry out to God. Listen, I'm only 41 years old. But I've read history books. I, I mean, I've never seen anything or heard of anything like we're seeing right now in the world. To where the whole entire world is shut down. It's not just Beulahville. It's not just Duplin County. It's not even just North Carolina. Nor is it just the USA. But it's the whole entire world, and it's been shut down. And not only is it shut down, but ministries are Facebook living all over the world. Everyone's news feed has, is being filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're a born-again believer, and you're waiting on that trumpet call, then you understand that the time is drawing very near, and you know it because you sense it in your spirit. As we are groaning and groaning and groaning, we're asking God, come quickly, please, Lord. But I want you to think about something. Everything that's going on, number one, I don't want you to be distracted because Satan is working overtime. He's trying to separate families. He's trying That's where he's always going to attack. He's trying to cause division. But listen, push him to the side. I want you to see what's really going on right here, right now. Let all the distractions go, and understand this: God, in His gracefulness, in His mercy, in His love and passion, has shut the entire world down, that every man may fall upon their knees. It's silent. We can't stand before Him and say, "Lord, I really wanted to make, uh, I really wanted to make time to where I could, you know." I'll cry out to you, but I was busy. No, see, we can't say that. You know, because for the first time in history, well, since the flood of Noah, he shut the entire world down. Will you hear his call this morning? Will you hear his call? Will you obey his command? If you don't know Jesus this morning, I would love to invite you to do that. And the Bible says that if we were to cry out with our heart, and believe that He has died, been buried, and resurrected, that we shall be saved. Cry out to Him this morning. Listen, I'm not telling you to do that just to keep from going to hell, because there's much more in this Christian life than that. God is beautiful. Jesus is precious. And this life is absolutely priceless. If that's you this morning... I want you to cry out to God. Listen, He loves you. I don't care what you have done. God loves you. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Except for unbelief. But if you'll believe He has loved you. And He does love you. And He died for you. That He is faithful to save you. I know some of you are probably thinking right now, Well, Pastor Darrell, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, you're right. I don't. But I know what I've done and He forgave me. I know what Paul had done and He forgave him. I know what countless of Christians have done and He forgave them. You haven't gotten too far. You come home. Come back to Him this morning. Listen, if you have once known Him and something came up in your life and you have strayed away from Him, He's calling you back. He's calling you back unto him. You are more precious than anything in this world to him. I'm going to say it one more time. He put his son through torture on a cross to be buried then resurrected just for you. You mean so much to him. He wants you to be in fellowship with him. I pray if you've strayed away this morning, you've heard this message. I pray that the Holy Spirit has, has grabbed a hold of your heart. We don't have many hours of labor left. But I know that Christ will touch you this morning, right where you're at. It doesn't matter that you're not in the same room as me, through a video camera, or whatever. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't have any limits like that. No matter where you are, he will touch you. He will touch you and change your life if you only cry out to Him. Would you do that this morning? If you don't know Him or if you strayed from Him, cry out to Him this morning. Of course, the devil's going to come bucking and, 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 and you know, making all kinds of distractions and everything else, but listen, it's okay. God's going to see you through it. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Remember that. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You, God. I thank You for Your precious Son, Lord Jesus Christ, that You have laid upon that altar of Calvary, Lord, as He was spotless and sinless, Lord. And He gave up His life for each and every one of us, Lord. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the truth, Lord. I thank You for the message, Lord. And Easter coming up, Father, I I thank You as we celebrate the risen Christ once again. But Lord, let us celebrate Him every day because He is risen. He is alive. God, You know my heart is burdened this morning, Lord, for those who don't know Him. Lord, I know that this message has touched them in some kind of way, Lord. And I'm asking God that, that even as the Holy Spirit pierces their heart, Lord, that, that you'll push their pride or whatever it may be to the side, Lord, that's keeping them from coming, Lord. I remember being that person too. I remember uh, fighting tooth and nail, Lord. But I, I want you to push all that to the side because these people are so precious to you, Lord. And I know that you're faithful to save. Lord, everyone that's crying out to You right now, You're faithful to hear it, Lord. And Your works will be done in their life. God, we give You our worship each and every day, Lord. Let us seek You while we still can. Lord, let us seek You, Lord. Let us pray. Let us continue to bear the burdens of one another Lord, we know that the time is near. Where you're about to call us up, Father, for that we're grateful and we're thankful. Lord, touch every person under the sound of my voice this morning. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Amen. I want to say to each and every one of you, if you cried out to God this morning in faith, He heard that. He's began a work in your life. His word says this, that he will finish the work that he's began. No matter what the day looks like, no matter the troubles that are ahead, you continue holding on to him because I promise you he'll continue holding on to you. Don't give up on him. He won't give up on you. Amen, and have a wonderful Sunday. Uh, I hope that we can all be together soon, soon and very soon. If not in church, in heaven. Amen.